0: Hey, what's up, hello, and welcome to the Blue Room Podcast. This is episode three. We are coming at you live from the MTSU BCM right here in Studio B. I'm Noah Brady, your hostess with the mostest. Today joining us, we've got Jacob Gravitt, and then we've also got Mark White without the E, which makes him Mark Witt, our campus minister here at the BCM. Joining us also today, we've got Mr. Nick Mobley from Northside Baptist Church. Hey, Nick, how's it going, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thanks so much, Noah. Great to be here with you all. Uh, As you said, my name is Nick. I am uh, the family pastor at Northside Baptist Church. I've served here in our community for several years alongside my high school sweetheart, my lovely bride, and my three kiddos, uh, Samuel, Sophia, and Asa. I've got a freshman in high school, a fifth grader, and a second grader.
0: So Nick, where are you from, man?
1: I was born in Louisiana, but I grew up here in Murfreesboro, Consider this home uh, since the late 80s. I went to high school here, uh, uh, Oakland High School, where my wife and I met uh, Oakland Patriots. Shout out to them. And she and I both went to college here, actually, at MTSU.
2: Most people uh, don't realize, like, uh, Oakland and Riverdale, those are the two original right. high schools here yeah, in Murfreesboro. Uh, so... There's there's like strong connection between those two. But now, how many how many high schools do we have now? We've got like
1: uh, five or a handful, five yeah, or six in the it's county, like
2: large large high schools, but people have been here for a little while. It's it's Riverdale and Oakland. Those That's are right. those are the, the, the two original the OG, high schools. OG rivals yeah, for so, sure. So you are a patriot. So uh-huh.
1: the, I think the year we graduated, that following year is when Blackman opened. Okay. And that kind of opened up the, the the changes of the city layout and High school athletes, the the talent pool was more uh, uh, was evened out a little bit more than when I was in high school.
2: You you said you've been here uh, for for a while, so really you you've seen Murfreesboro, our students, a lot of our listeners, uh, they they know Murfreesboro today and the, the traffic and the the large city that it's been. But uh, you remember you remember Murfreesboro when it wasn't Bungie quite Borough, yeah, what wasn't quite the large city that we've come and and uh it was it was a very
1: different kind of place no doubt yeah there's where there's walmarts and chick-fil-a's now uh, there was uh cows and farmland <laughs> undeveloped subdivisions and in, in parts of the city now it's everything's getting snatched up and cars traffic everywhere
2: people are moving oh, don't here forget from the
0: every... apartment complexes on top of the apartment and
2: complexes. and have you noticed like storage, uh, storage, storage buildings yes, like gosh. there's storage facilities yes. we have too much stuff y'all yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Too us. many material goods <laughs> that will not leave this earth with us. That's right. Yeah. So uh, you said you went to Middle Tennessee State University. So talk to us a little bit about your uh, college years. What did you major in?
1: Yeah, I, I was uh, called, I'll maybe share this later, but I was uh, called to ministry in my teenage years. And so I had a desire. I knew long-term I was going to go to seminary and pursue ministry opportunities. So uh, really with college, it was kind of a an the next step. So I got into. Uh, I majored in psychology and minored in uh, in speech and sociology. So real boring stuff, uh, but that was uh, some really incredible experiences to grow, to learn, uh, to prepare for ministry to come uh, in the years that followed.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Nick, we are so happy to have you here today. Uh, we just want to. Kind of now what we want to jump into uh, whenever we come back from break is we want to kind of go into uh, talking about Northside Baptist and some of the uh, great stuff that you guys have going on over there. So we'll be right back. And we're back here on the Blue Room podcast. So Nick, talk to us a little bit about Northside Baptist, man. What are some of the things that you guys are doing over there right now?
1: Well, as uh, I'm sure a lot of churches have uh, had their own approaches and ways that they've prayed and agonized and trying to navigate best ways to navigate the, uh, the world post-pandemic. Uh, uh, but we've really been encouraged. The strength that, that we have as a, as a church and with our volunteers and the, the relationships within our church family comes down to our small groups ministry. And so we've been able to uh, launch those as we started the new year and uh, so, our uh, within our college group, we have an opportunity on Sunday mornings, uh, connected to our in-person worship gatherings, uh, for folks to participate in small group Bible study on Sunday mornings at 9:15 or 10:30. But then also throughout the week, we have our discipleship groups, D groups, that are student-led. Uh, so college students discipling other college students uh, in the Word. Uh, at various times throughout the week. And and that's been uh, just a a real blessing as folks uh, with different schedules and um, ability to meet in person or via Zoom, uh, that's given us the flexibility to connect with people uh, in ways that, in in more ways than one, Uh, that's been pivotal. Uh, And then church-wide, our pastors lead us through a current sermon series called uh, the Seven Daily Sins. Uh, kind of a playoff uh, Catholic Church of Seven Deadly Sins where we acknowledge in a way, uh, hey, these are some of the most common sins that we all go through. And the quicker we identify and, and, and admit that we all struggle with sin and temptation, whether it be uh, anger, greed, coveting, lust, uh, then the quicker and uh, the more effective we can be in uh, turning from those sins and, and being a light in this community like we want everybody to be, uh, certainly our college students here on campus
2: Nick what what are some ways that uh, that a college student could get involved at uh, at Northside I know that uh, one of one of the things that we just always want to emphasize is the importance of a college student being involved with a local body of believers a local church uh, it's so important and so what what are some things that a college student maybe they're new to murfreesboro new to mtsu and they haven't found that that church yet what are some ways that they could get involved uh, you mentioned the small groups but what are there ways to serve are there other things that they could do while uh at Northside?
1: yeah absolutely we uh hopefully they may have encountered one of our students while here on campus so i love hearing those stories of of our students whether it be just handing out cards at, at uh, the lunch table or in the the music department, we have so many music students in our in our college group, which is kind of a unique uh, blessing. That's not at all my realm of expertise uh, <laughs> at all. So it's kind of comical. We, we were going to ask yeah. you to sing no, a solo no, today, no, Nick, but
0: okay, all right. We've got so much time; we've got to fill now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
1: your your audience would drop, drop <laughs> here pretty quick. But uh, uh, so, uh, as I said, we are are just being a our students being an encouragement to other students. Hopefully they have maybe uh, connected with one of our students. If that's not happened, um, uh, as I said earlier, we are, uh, we are across the street from Siegel High School here in Murfreesboro, uh, for those who are familiar with the town, uh, but you can look us up, nbconline.net. And though the group's ministry we have really is the backbone of our church. It has been since the late 80s when it was first planted here in Murfreesboro on the, uh, on the north side of town. And so the greatest way and the best way to get plugged into our church is through our groups, whether it be on Sunday mornings at 915 or 1030, which we have for college and young adults, uh, or through student-led D groups that meet throughout the week. Uh, we do have opportunities throughout, uh, the according, the uh, depending on the season, uh, different local ministry opportunities that we try to pursue to allow those times for students to serve in our city and amongst our church family. Uh, but also one blessing is uh, with our college students, we encourage them to serve within our church, and many of them serve with our teenagers and, and our, our children's ministry. Mm, that's great. Uh, and I know some people um, may debate with whether that's an effective way to engage and really build a relationship, and, and I understand uh, the question, but it's uh, one of the greatest ways I grew as a college student was serving within the church with our student ministry, and so I've always had a passion for allowing college students an opportunity at any level to serve uh, other ministries of the church. And that's been one great way for folks to get plugged in at Northside. That's that's great.
0: And that's going to wrap it up for our Northside segment that we're going to, uh, highlighting uh, local churches as uh, one of the things that we love to do here on the Blue Room podcast, is we just kind of want to get students and Uh, in the local Murfreesboro and MTSU community, just uh, plugged in anywhere in any way that we can. Whenever we come back here on Episode 3, we're going to go over to Jacob Gravit as he leads us through our Scripture Talk segment. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back, guys. Uh, Welcome to Episode 3 of the Big Room Podcast, and today we're going to talk about Scripture Talks. So today what is your favorite Bible verse or passage?
1: I came to Christ when I was a teenager and one of the first books I really began to read in depth was Philippians and specifically chapter 3 verse 10 and 11 jumped out to me because it, um, is it, well it says this I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead and i was kind of insecure as a, as a kid who grew up uh, who came later to faith an age about not knowing a lot about the bible so when i read someone who said i want to know christ i want to know jesus that's so connected with me and then as i read the next words that's where paul said not that i've already obtained all this or i've already been made perfect but i press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me brothers and sisters i do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing i do forgetting what is behind i press on towards what is ahead towards the goal to win the prize for which god has called me heavenward in christ jesus and throughout my life and my ministry those verses have meant so much because no matter what stage i'm in whether it's high school growing in my faith or in college when i'm trying to understand god what do you want me to do with my life and why do you have me here? To then, even as an adult, now you know, what? This is what I've experienced, but I don't want to cling to that or hold on or even st- dwell in the past. But I don't want to press on to what God's called me to, and uh, that's one one of my favorite passages. Not because of what it means to me, but because of the ministry and what I try to encourage uh, others with. You know, uh, Nick, this
2: this portion of scripture is. When I think of Philippians, I think of such an encouraging book mm-hmm. and and even though uh you know our our scriptures, our Bibles sometimes have the little headings on top of them obviously someone added that, but but I love even in my heading in my Bible it says the goal of life mm-hmm. at that in this section of chapter three and that whole idea of knowing Christ, really knowing him there's such a difference between knowing of and really knowing him and uh, and and I love that um, whoever edited this they put that goal of life that that's that's that really should as followers of Christ that should be our goal that should be something that we strive to to really really know Jesus
0: and and um, one of the things that we were talking about in our, uh, ver- during our vertical uh, session uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago actually um, was uh, about Christ being your advocate. Hmm. And when Christ becomes your advocate uh, and he is, and he truly is, you know, he's made that sacrifice for you that, and he wears your chains, that means you have a relationship with God. It does not mean that you know who God is, you know who God is, you know of God. That means you, you, you have a relationship and you have a continuous relationship with God that's, you know, active and current. Just like, just like in our relationships, you know, uh, with people today, you know, if, if we actually claim to be friends with somebody or be best friends or, you know, in a relationship with somebody, we say, you know, we stay in contact with them. We text them daily. We, we pursue them and so having that active relationship uh, with Christ uh, and pers- being in constant pursuit of him that's that's what really makes him our our advocate and that's and you know having that relationship is just so crucial in our faith i feel like
3: it's also what we've been talking about brought vertical that now we're talking about living in the resurrection it mm-hmm. talks about it in verse 10 that i may know him and the power of his resurrection yeah, yeah. and so that in knowing Christ you share in his resurrection. That's right. Mm. That's basically what the whole gospel is all that's about. That's right, absolutely. That, that he's already obtained all that's perfect, and so you press on as constantly pursuing God, pursuing that through Jesus Christ.
1: I love about Paul. He, elsewhere, he, he brags about all the accolades, if you want to put it in modern-day terms. He had the, the stat sheet to tout as, <laughs> as a Pharisee, but he didn't tout that here at later in life. And in fact, where he's writing these words, is doing so from a prison cell for the sake of the gospel and so Paul's greatest joy and goal in life was knowing Jesus and so for a young person for a college student out there who may be feeling um, less than or doubtful of their their own gifts their abilities their purpose here uh, I hope that, that would maybe encourage them to know knowing Jesus is better than anything in this mm-hmm. world and and is and by in so doing your greatest um, uh, fruit in life is born from walking with Jesus more so anything you do with your hands or say necessarily with your with your lips it's simply born out of the, the joy of knowing Jesus uh, so in many ways it takes the pressure off yeah. uh, this world that's driven by uh, works. works works and you know what you see and what you do and what what you can earn and what fame, it really flips it on its head and says, "Do you, who do you know?" And uh, through knowing Jesus, we understand why we're here.
2: And and can't you hear just? I mean, I just read the excitement in Paul's as he's writing this. Just this, it's this this section of scripture. It just builds and it just keeps building. Uh, even in verse twelve, where you reference this, not that I've already obtained it. Uh, or have already become perfect. I mean, he, he still sees that he is continuing to get to know Christ on a moment by moment by moment basis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love hearing how Paul, you know, Paul's the master of run on sentences. Yes. Uh, and uh, we see that so often in his letters. And, and this is even kind of one of those examples that I, I think Paul just gets so excited as he's talking about this relationship that he has with Christ. Yeah. It's exciting.
0: When I get the picture of Paul writing in, in my head, my mind just immediately goes to like, you know, one of those cartoons where it's just one of those ongoing lists that <laughs> the paper just keeps on growing. It's just it's line after line after line. He's not thinking about punctuation, not <laughs> capitalizing anything. He's just going on and on and on, not worrying about anything else but getting his point across. He's, you know, speaking his mind all mm-hmm. the way through. Um, Nick, so talk to us about that moment in your life when you became or you declared that uh, you were going to become a child of God. Oh, wow, uh,
1: uh, thank you for asking. I, um, uh, my, I grew up here, as I said earlier, in Murfreesboro. Um, parents loved me, great home. Um, uh, and about middle school, uh, my parents separated uh, and pursued divorce. It was kind of an ugly situation that drug on for almost two years, from start to finish. As the firstborn in the family, I was thrust in the middle of a lot of uh, real toxic and and tra- traumatizing conversations. Uh, thankfully, in that though, in that time, while I was not in church or my family had not been plugged into a church, a classmate, a friend of mine from who would known me for years and was loosely or closely connected to our what was happening in our family she's she invited me to church so uh man just a word of encouragement don't ever take lightly Mm -hmm. just a personal of invitation of inviting someone to church with you Uh, in eighth grade that's what one of my friends did i started going Uh, kudos to my parents in the midst of all their stuff they would drive me to church drop me off and i get to worship and Um, yeah uh, I would listen though I didn't understand and just sitting under the preaching of God's Word during a worship service I began to understand more of the gospel and there was one day where the pastor gave a powerful message and at the end of his message though he said this he said you may be here and you may not understand a lot about God the Bible or Jesus but you're here today and you know two things you need God in your life and you need to be saved I sat there, fourteen years old, and that's all I knew. I need God in my life. I need to be saved. So I kind of did the. He was speaking to you. That's right. He was. That's right. He. uh, So I I did the traditional altar call. I I just went forward and I broke down and and said, I I need God in my life. I need to be saved. And uh, age fourteen, that's what um, I did. I confessed Christ and began following Him in in the best way I knew how. In the following years, really my high school years are really what where my faith began to form. I, I. spoke earlier about having a calling to ministry uh, and that's what launched
3: me into
1: uh, college and young
3: adulthood thank you nick uh, for sharing your testimony Mm. in your testimony you talked about how you had questions and sometimes you have to learn while you're in the christian life those questions and learning more about god and pursuing him so we have a question board downstairs anyone can write questions on it and we're here to answer one of those and the one we're answering today Is how was Jesus tempted? So what do you think we should first off look at when looking at the Matthew 4 passage where Jesus tempted?
1: Yeah you see him coming out of his um, baptism there in Matthew 4 when Jesus was baptized he was immediately led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry. Uh, As I grew up uh, and uh, was heard uh, teachers leaders share this passage before it kind of helped me uh, frame and understand this whole temptation that Jesus uh, experienced in the wilderness uh, in in three major categories Uh, he had the lust of the flesh there at the beginning um, asking the the devil asking him to have these stones to become bread Uh, the lust of the eyes um, where uh, he he said you throw yourself uh, off this temple, but he said, um, it, you know, it's written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And then finally, the pride of life, uh, looking out over the, all the expanse, and, uh, and, and the devil tempted him. And each time Jesus... Uh,
0: uh, you yeah, shall not yeah, put the Lord yeah, your God to the test. Yeah, like, yeah. Each
1: time he responded with, uh, with Scripture to combat the temptation that was presented. And in, a, in one way, uh, the lust of the, li- lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all of these, uh, you could argue, re- represent a form of uh, temptation that we experience to this day. So we see Jesus here living for God's glory and using God's word uh, to be faithful, even in the presence of real and difficult temptation.
3: So the devil is the one who's doing the tempting here. He, the Spirit, though, led him into the wilderness. Why do you think the Spirit led him into the wilderness?
1: I think certainly we, we in, in life, the Lord uh, might test our faithfulness and uh, w- will uh, give us an opportunity uh, to grow in our trust of Him and His willingness to provide uh, for us in life.
0: I think the Spirit also leads Him into the wilderness, just kind of to answer your question, to say that, uh, just to kind of show that God is, He was truly a hundred percent in the form of flesh just to show that we are constantly led you know into the wilderness and different assets and different uh different parts of our lives were you know led into the wilderness like in the different shapes that that takes uh, on a daily basis and so god being god in manly form you know in uh was being led into the wilderness just to kind of um be put to that test in the flesh in the form of flesh
1: Scriptures talks about Jesus being tempted in every way that we were, but was without sin. There you go. And and that's, the, without, that's the way I was
0: trying that, to say for the past yeah. 30 seconds. And without, yeah. and without <laughs>
1: Jesus being tempted, then we we wouldn't. I mean, because we've seen this temptation, we know that our Savior, our Lord, whom we say we follow, uh, he was tempted in every way and wasn't without sin. Though we are not perfect as the Son of God was, we do follow in his 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 path and his model so that we can uh, overcome every sin and temptation that uh, is, may t- uh, try to seize us. And you, you mentioned earlier that he
2: was he was tempted uh, in his flesh, he was tempted in his eyes, he was tempted in his pride. And I think about those areas of temptation that we face on a daily basis. Hourly, it, minutely, it, ba- it, minute it, minute those minutely. It falls into pretty much any of or all of those categories, and, and that Christ, Christ uh, was tempted in all ways, as you guys mentioned. That uh, so when when we are tempted in these areas, we know that Christ has already been there, and we're not we're we're not doing this on our own. And so we we know that, uh, and and such a powerful truth is that every time that Christ was tempted and you mentioned this Nick he responded how he responded with truth I will he responded God, and God alone he responded with scripture and here's here's why it is so important for us as followers of Christ to know scripture right. to know truth I, I I know there have been times in my life that those scriptures I I learned as a as a young kid that maybe I haven't quoted do out, thing out that they. loud in a long time but it, but in in, uh, in a moment of temptation, I am reminded of that scripture and right. I know it because it's on my heart. Mm-hmm. And so uh, every time Christ responds with truth and and what's interesting about even when Satan uh, when the devil tempted him uh, you notice like in some of these temptations and, and I know this in my life, that sometimes the devil will tempt us and show us just a little bit of truth, right, and then Twist manipulate it, that in, manipulate, yes. so that in the garden. absolutely, it absolutely, it started really early, yeah, didn't yeah. it? And and give, but I, you know, this is what I always told my kids: uh, a half lie is a full lie. Right. <laughs> it really is, and that's what okay. uh, that's what. The, that's what the devil does with, say, with, the,
1: with Christ here in yes. that uh, he manipulates the truth. One point of distinction I would make to something you said earlier about why would the Spirit allow Jesus to uh, be tempted in this way and it is so that we would know that he overcame every temptation and, and conquered it. Uh, I thought of James 1 passage though considering why, what about when we're tempted? Is mm-hmm. it in this exact same way? And James put it this way, when tempted, in James one eleven, when James one thirteen, excuse me, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Yep. Uh, just speaking there about it, we are not the son of God. Right? We are tempted when our own evil desires entice us and, and draw us away. So all the more reason that we are in the Word, and and, uh, and
0: and that kind of gets into the whole thing too about our wills lining up with God's. Because yeah. when our will starts to get in the way, those temptations, that's where they start to take their literal physical form. Is sure. you know in all activities and all the aspects of our lives, we like you start to see that these temptations rise up when we fill our lives with all these things that are outside of God or even things that we're, you know, doing that we don't consider sin, that they still are taking the place of our time of uh, prayer or in worship or uh, in scriptures. How you think influences how you feel. How you feel influences how you act. Mm-hmm. So
3: if you're not thinking about truth, you're going to be led away. Mm-hmm. That's what the devil is doing here is Jesus is hungry. He says he was hungry after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. So I quick. would be too. Come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> and the first thing he hits him with what he is struggling with right now, hunger. That's the first thing that hits him with was turn these stones to bread. But his mind was filled with truth, because he is the truth. That's how he was able to overcome the temptation. And so we not we are not Jesus. When we te- we're tempted, we're probably gonna fall. But if we take our burdens back to Him and fix our minds on the truth, the scriptures, and things of that sort, I recognize he's the one who fulfilled the purpose. That's the reason why and how he was tempted, was to fulfill that purpose. I think another purpose he also fulfilled was he, he picked up where Israel failed. Mm. Um, it relates back to good old Exodus story where Israel is out of the water. Moses fasted for 40 days. But he accomplished what they did not. And so he was able to fulfill multiple purposes through this one passage. He's able to relate to us in the flesh, but he's also able to fulfill prophecies and pick it up
0: upon the whole narrative of Scripture. I think it's interesting that you make that point because uh, that's another example of where we're seeing Old Testament principles being applied to the New Testament, to the walking life of Jesus. And I think that's that's, that's, a, that's a very strong point to make because whenever you're seeing that actually played out, that's whenever you're seeing these I feel like sometimes, you know, people look at the Old Testament versus the New Testament and say, okay, this is outdated, this is, this is the old stuff, this is, you know, this isn't as valid. Like, I'm going to start and, only, and exclusively, you know, spend time in the New Testament just because, you know, this is, this is the birth of Jesus, this is when you know, Jesus was born, this is when He walked on the earth, you know, I want to see, like, how He lived. And really, if you want to see, you know, how He spent His life, you have to have an understanding of the Old Testament. Because with that you can see his his mindset and his mentality. It kind of gives like the breakdown, the playbook, if you will, for how he spends his time on Earth in the New Testament.
2: We we have to look at the gospel in light of sixty six books. Yes, and there there are there are consistent ways and consistent uh, moments all throughout uh, all the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, that we see the cross. The cross is we see we see a. Um, uh, a picture of the cross as early as Genesis, we see that uh, of where God provides a way, and so there, there are. Uh, we we look at the gospel, we look at Scripture in light of sixty six books, not just a proof text, not just a uh, one one letter of Paul. We we have to look at it in light of sixty six books.
3: I think if you throw it back to talk about he had the cross, that was one purpose but Leviticus 16 is when Aaron would take two goats and he'd send one out into the wilderness and the other one he'd take and sacrifice it to God. Both got rid of the sins of Israel. One was to please God. The other one, they put the blood on top of it, the Day of Atonement, and sent it out into the wilderness Mm -hmm. to where the evil powers are. And so he's able to fulfill that purpose of the one goat who sent out into the wilderness through the temptation. Mm. So that he can focus his effort then on feeling what the first gift did was atonement to God.
2: And that's in Leviticus,
3: right? Leviticus 16. Right, yeah.
2: That's where I am right now in my uh, in my daily uh, read through the Bible. I'm, I'm in Leviticus right now, so I'll, I'll get there. Yeah,
3: <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you for uh, joining us for the Scripture Talk. So if you learned something, we were able to answer so many questions. Now let's hop into the Culture Corner.
0: Culture Corner. So, welcome to Culture Corner. So, today we're going to be talking about a couple different things going on on campus. But first, we got to talk about our local business spotlight. That's right. So, yes. Mark, you share a last name with this local business. I do, today. don't
2: I? Yeah. So, uh, but unfortunately, I am not related to this family. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we're related somewhere down the and line it's because there's, that thing there. there's not a lot of us around. But today, our uh, lunch was provided, and we want to highlight. Witt's Barbecue, which is a Middle Tennessee uh, uh, chain of restaurants uh, only located here in Middle Tennessee. You'll find them in Nashville. You'll find them here in Murfreesboro. But yes, Witt's Barbecue, some good barbecue. You know, there's nothing like Middle Tennessee barbecue. And so uh, we've got some great barbecue spots here in town. But uh, when, <laughs> and here's, you always joke about, you know, uh, because. Uh, there, there are people when they say my name they just look at it and glance at it and they say white uh, but it's wit and so around here I love doing this because it's it's like as soon as I say my last name I say like the barbecue and people around here know oh wit's barbecue really and then they, I usually get the question are you related to them And like no unfortunately not but uh, I just like their food yeah absolutely so our lunch today did you guys like it? it was good? Oh, man. it was
0: great I, I love I had it uh, catered at a event that I did um, a couple years ago. It was actually for my high school graduation. Like, we had Witt's Barbecue, and oh, my gosh. Man, that stuff, it just always, it always delivers. My favorite way to eat them. So they've got the barbecue and the pickles on the sandwich, and then, like, my favorite way, to, I love dunking. I love dunking <laughs> it into the barbecue, so the barbecue sauce cups. I don't know what it is about it man but You're a dunker. For, yes. I, yes, I am a dunker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like you know spread it on the bun and then you know sandwich it on there. I am, I am a dunker. Are y'all no. like that? Like do y'all like No. no? Okay. <laughs> I'm the only dunker. I'm not like <laughs> do both. I do both. Okay, okay.
1: I like the slaw with it. I like to get barbecue, the pickle, and slaw with it on On the, same, on the, on the sandwich. sandwich, yeah. I'm
0: not a big slaw guy. I like the barbecue, I like the pickle, and then I like the dumpling. That's Maybe. me. That's my three-step process with the barbecue.
2: Well, one of the reasons we, we do this uh, segment is uh, new students in town are always looking for good new places to eat, and we always want to make sure that we're telling our folks about uh, good local places to eat here in Murfreesboro. And Wits uh, barbecue, definitely one of them.
0: So, talking about a couple of uh, things going on on campus this week. So, this past weekend on Friday night, the MTSU Lady Raiders uh, sealed up the Eastern Division Conference USA Championship. All right, Lady Raiders, we love our campus. I actually got to be at the game on Friday night, and it was a back-and-forth kind of shootout, man. I mean, Marshall, like, they had won on Thursday night. They, They split, so they ended up splitting the series. But, man, they were not going away. And Coach Enzel, man. Oh my gosh, that guy was getting fired up. And it comes to the second half, the girls they came out and they just looked like a completely different team. And they were like, I mean, they were running the court and they looked they looked great as they sealed out their season.
2: Our uh, our Lady Raiders, that I mean, that's a rich history there here in mm-hmm. Murfreesboro with with our Lady Raiders uh, basketball team. Coach
0: Insel used to coach out in Cookville, I think it was. I think so, yeah.
2: yeah. And uh, but but our Lady Raiders have have uh, they've. They've done us well this year. They've shown us well and represented. They carried the basketball wheel for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And then how about the uh, uh, the men's tennis team?
0: Twenty-five straight at home. Yeah, right, twenty-five
2: yeah. straight wins at the Adams tennis complex. Uh Coach Borndame and the guys on the tennis team, they they are uh, on Friday night they beat Vanderbilt, uh, they've beaten, wow. they've beaten some Power Five conferences this year and uh, i I watch them i usually try to watch them they they stream them online and i usually try to watch a lot of our tennis matches you guys know i'm a big tennis fan and so i i love our tennis team and really proud of our guys and uh 25 straight home wins i think this weekend i think we play which after it'll be after this is is broadcast and aired but we play university of louisville here this weekend so it's a uh, another Power Five another Big Power East Power conference, Team, yeah. so uh, or ACC. That's ACC. A so twenty-five
0: maybe. match win streak. I think that dates back a couple of years. It's now, a couple of years. It? Yeah, because yeah. that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I think they only do like at home matches. There's only like what eight or nine of them. Yeah, in the it's season, it's, it's a, like in that. the spring. So. Yeah. Yeah, right.
2: but you know these are again we, we want to celebrate. Uh, we celebrate Especially all the when things we're doing well here. At yeah. all, year, all, all the things on our campus here at the BCM. You hear the phrase "We love our campus." That's something that we just emphasize so much. Uh, and so one way to do that is is really be Blue Raider fans. And we want to celebrate because uh, uh, those guys, those girls on our teams, they work really, really hard, and we're really super proud of
0: them. That's going to wrap it up for the Culture Corner segment today. When we come back, we're going to close out Episode Three of the Blue Room Podcast with our infamous "We at the B" segment. We'll be right back.
2: And welcome back to the Blue Room Podcast. Uh, we've got some exciting things going on here at the BCM at MTSU. Uh, we are excited about the "We at the B" segment. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can get plugged in and one of those ways every thursday night we have worship at seven o'clock we call it vertical that's a worship time that we're able to come together here at the bcm and we have uh we have special guests Uh, every week we have someone from one of our local churches nick has been a guest here Uh, In the past, and we want to make sure that we have him back with us again sometime soon uh, to to teach. And we're right now in in a series called "Living the Resurrection" as we get ready to uh, head toward Easter. Easter Easter's guys, Easter is only uh, like four weeks or less than four weeks away, and so we are. Uh, excited to be in this series of what it really means to live in the resurrection. So we'd love for you to join us um, on at Vertical on Thursday nights. Small groups, that's a great way also to be involved with uh, a small group Bible studies. Our Bible studies are single gender uh, Bible studies that meet throughout the week. You can look at, we've got a board here at the BCM, um, and, and you can message us, let us know if you're interested in being in a, um, in a small group Bible study. All
0: that information is found on our Instagram as Instagram. well, at MTSUBCM, no caps, no spaces.
2: And then our uh, we we have different nights where our guys get together, our girls get together. Uh, we've got a girls' night coming up in March as well. I
0: believe it's um, next
2: weekend. Uh, next weekend, so um, make sure to talk to Haley about that. Uh, our our girls' night, and we are planning a guys' gathering. Uh, Again, watch Instagram, that's a great way to just to make sure that we are, uh, you know what's going on. Uh, Super excited about a couple of events coming up soon. Uh, We've got a, BCM is a student-led ministry, and so one way that you can get involved here is be involved in leadership. So if you are interested in being involved in leadership at the BCM on Sunday night, uh, March the 28th, from 8 until 1030. We're calling it uh, Late Night Leadership. And and so uh, it's going to be a really fun night. We're going to play some uh, pretty fun games. There's going to be some giveaways. If you come to that, uh, there's going to be a discount for going to Collegiate Week. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But Late Night Leadership, if you're interested in any way being in leadership, uh, in the ministry of the BCM, we would love for you to be a part of late night leadership on March the twenty eighth, from eight until ten thirty, and then Collegiate Week, y'all. I'm oh, super the BCM excited about is this. Going to Oklahoma, super baby. excited, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. in uh, August. It's right before school starts. This is National Collegiate Week. Uh, Ministries, BCNs, churches from all over the country will be gathering in uh, Falls Creek, Oklahoma for National Collegiate Week. And so we are going, we're taking a group, and this morning I had a meeting with. Uh, some of our BCM campus ministers from around the state, Um, and it's not just MTSU going, but it's uh, ministries from all over the state of Tennessee. Right now, it sounds like we have about 125 folks that will be going from the state of Tennessee. Awesome. And so we're gonna, we're gonna gather together, we're gonna worship, there's worship time, there's leadership development, there's uh, small group Bible studies, International Mission Board is there, North American Mission Board is there, ways that you can get plugged into missions, not only while you're a college student, but then also uh, after college. And so we're super excited about that. Um, we don't have a cost on that yet, but we're going to try to make that as cheap as possible uh, so that students can can go. But here's here's mine and Haley's goal.
0: Here's the goal.
2: We, we want to take 30 people. We want to take 30 people to Oklahoma. So it'll be a road trip. Uh, August the 7th is when we're leaving. And then uh, be on the lookout on our Instagram page and Facebook page uh, for more information to come. But uh, you guys are going right oh yeah so, yeah yeah so We're super gonna, excited about hopefully
0: that. we'll be even you know recording a podcast uh from there hey we
2: could yeah we could do a podcast live from Oklahoma. From Week. yes absolutely and hey one more thing dane Jaworski. hey thank you buddy uh you recorded uh, dane recorded all of our music for our podcast uh, we have super talented students at MTSU. Nick, you mm-hmm. mentioned that earlier about uh, so many students at your church uh, that are. Nick himself. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, Smart but, uh, you know, musically, we've got so many uh, great, talented students. Dane is one of those, and Dane recorded all of our music. So thanks, Dane, for doing that for us.
0: Well, everybody, that's going to wrap up up episode three of the Blue Room Podcast. As always, we want to thank every single one of our listeners for taking time throughout their day and week to for listening to our podcast. This podcast is going to be available anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts. So Anchor, Apple Music, Spotify, you name it, it's there. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you so much, uh, Nick, for joining us today. Uh, from, so from Noah, Jacob, Mark, and Nick from Northside Baptist Church, We're signing off and we'll see you guys next week.